Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, episode 94, listener spotlight number 12, recorded April 9th, 2012, and brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. This week we have our uh, 12th episode, uh, 12th edition, 12th rendition of the listener spotlight. So we officially have a dozen listeners. We have as many followers as Jesus did. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. <laughs> we're not quite up to the Beatles yet, but that's all right. Um, was, it, was it Lennon who said we're bigger than Jesus Christ, I think? Yes. 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 That seemed an appropriate quote to come up with after Easter. I don't know why that <laughs> popped into my head. <laughs> but with us this week, we have uh, Mr. Corey Knapp, who we, he will be telling you all sorts of wonderful, full, wonderful, he will talk better than I do. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm having one of those nights. Uh, That's and so, all right. But before we do that, I, I wanted to mention uh, an article that I found online that I thought was interesting because we have talked often on this show. Uh, we've mentioned Khan Academy. In fact, it was one of our uh, tech tips uh, way back. And, uh, and we've talked about the whole flipped classroom thing and all that. Uh, and this was an interesting article from uh, hackededucation.com called The Wrath Against Khan. Uh, and it's interesting about, uh, you know, some people, namely in this article, they talk about Bill Gates is saying that, uh, uh, well, you know what, before I do that, I didn't introduce Sean. Hi, Sean. Sean Cobble is with me this week. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, we might have some new listeners. They may right. not know who this uh, crazy voice is. So, yeah, it's good to be here as usual. And I said that Corey is with us, but I didn't let him say anything. Hi, Corey. Hi. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> okay. Now, back to my pontificating. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this article goes on to, to talk about how uh, there are a lot of people talking about how we're going to save education. And and the interesting point that they make is that a lot of these people who talk about saving education never actually went to public school and dropped out of college and weren't, aren't really models for the educational process. Uh, of course, you could say that shows why that the, that the fact that Bill Gates can succeed without having gone through the traditional system is not necessarily a, um, an indictment of the process. But anyway, uh, one of the uh, points that I wanted to make out here was, uh, was about technology replacing teachers. And the, I, that's one of those ideas that has sort of stuck in my craw for years. Uh, the idea that we'll put these computers in a classroom, we'll buy this really expensive software, and then we won't need teachers anymore. We can stick an aid in the, in the lab and let them do things. You've seen that, right, Sean? Uh, well, maybe not to that extreme, but it certainly seems like some people seem to think that that's where we're moving toward. Well, I mean, I've seen that a lot where, you know, the, the computer lab is, is run by, you know, a, a $7,000 a year part-time employee who's, who's not an educator. But because we have this software, whatever it is, they're going to, uh, to run through that and it's going to change everything. So they, they put this, this person who's not an educator in the classroom, and the idea is that we bought this software, and that's going to be the teacher, so we don't need an educator anymore. And the, the whole Khan Academy thing is, is sort of that. I mean, Khan is a teacher, uh, but he, the idea is that he's recorded something one time, and a student can go back and, and watch it. And, and the interesting thing about this article, I thought anyway, was the concept that we don't need teachers anymore. Well, first off, that's, that's dumb in two ways. One, Khan is a teacher. We're just, he's just doing it once instead of every day. 
But secondly, uh, and uh, one of the uh, people quoted in this article is a well-known person by the name of Diane Ratfitch. Uh, and she, she says that uh, what you miss there is the ability to interact with a student, to answer questions, to, uh, to modify things as they might need, to, to go back and, and circle around and explain things. The best you get is a rewind-repeat. We rewind repeat. And it's an interesting, interesting article, and I just thought I'd bring it to your attention and put it in the show, mo- show notes. Yeah, uh, you know, I think that's, that's a tough one because uh, part of being a professional educator is not just regurgitating facts to a room full of people. I mean, it's like, you know, it's being trained on different learning styles and being able to identify those learning styles. And then, like you said, Mark, interact with those people. And, uh, you know, everybody learns slightly differently. And a professional, a good professional educator is able to identify those things and, you know, overcome the obstacles. Yeah, another thing that uh, that Bill Gates famously uh, talks about and just mentioned in this article is we need to stop paying teachers more for getting more education. So we, we need to stop paying them more when they get their, their master's and stop paying them more when they get their doctorate and stop paying them more for experience because more education doesn't make them a better teacher, which I think is kind of stupid. I mean, experience and education, exactly what makes you better at anything else. I wonder if Bill Gates would say, we don't need to pay programmers for years of experience. What, that once you're out of college, that's your max. It doesn't matter if you've done it two months or 20 years, more experience doesn't make you a better programmer. He would think that's stupid. Well, I I would be willing to bet his comes more from a kind of corporate capitalistic sort of point of view where, uh, I, I would be willing to bet he'd back that up with uh, pay for performance. Right. Yeah. It's all about the test scores. And right. and, and he's, he's big on that. Uh, but yeah, you know, well, and we've seen where that that's not a perfect process. It's very easily corrupted. Indeed. And so. some people just don't test well, period, end of discussion. And so they, they can learn well, but they can't test well. Uh, my my oldest daughter is one of those. She learns, but when it comes time, when you sit her down in her chair and say, this is important, you can't go on to the next grade without it. Now relax. Uh, it just doesn't, yeah. it just doesn't fly. So she doesn't well, test well. And, I, you know, Mark, I know we've had this discussion in the past off air where uh, I, I passed, uh, particularly in high school, I passed courses that I probably had no right passing because I tested well. Exactly. I had a knack for being able to sit down and basically uh, discern from the question and the possible answers, uh, you know, the most likely answer. And uh, so, uh, you know, I I know from experience that, uh, you know, the test doesn't necessarily, uh, I don't know, uh, talk to uh, how much you've actually learned. Right. Yeah. Any test can be gamed, uh, good or bad. You can perform poorly despite knowing the material, and you can f- perform well despite not knowing the material. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're an intelligent person, you can sit there and kind of logic problem your way through a, a test and uh, at the very least pass it. All right. So that's that's all I had to, uh, to talk about this week. Sean, you got anything interesting and off topic to discuss? No. Uh, well, you know what? I, I, I actually, I kind of do because, uh, and it's, I guess this will be a bridge into our uh, listener spotlight because, uh, uh, Corey, I hope you don't mind me mentioning this, but setting up this show was a little bit different than uh, what it normally is. Do you mind me going into that? Not at all. Okay. So uh, uh, our, our guest, Corey Knapp, is uh, blind 
I, I don't know. Is it profoundly blind, Corey? Yeah, I'm totally blind. Okay, and is that from uh, from birth, or is yeah, that something from, that happened? Yeah, I was, born, I was born premature. Okay, okay. So uh, I I wanted to mention just because it was something I had never really thought about. Uh, but you know, we do all of our show notes in Google Docs, and. Uh, so I share, you know, I send him an email like I do with all of our guests and say, hey, here's the Google Doc and, you know, go ahead and read through it. And I had already known that he was blind, but uh, I figured Google would be, you know, being Google would be at the top of the accessibility mountain, uh, you know, kings of the Internet, so to speak. But uh, that wasn't so much the case, right, Corey? Yeah, that's that's true. Um, and I I have I have uh, the most three screen readers on my computer that read the screen. I have the three, you know, the best quote unquote that are out there: Jaws for Windows, Window Eyes, and and um, well, I have a free one, NVDA, which actually did work better in this instance. So it's tightwad uh, proved, I guess, in that respect. But um, yeah, I couldn't see. I could only see part of the text. I couldn't see. The, I guess there were edit fields that you could type in in. In there, and I couldn't type anything. It said a guest information, and but I couldn't discern where to type anything in. Or mm-hmm. I saw some things, but then I couldn't see others. It was all jumbled up on the screen. I had an accessible, and Google on the bottom had a link. It said screen readers click, screen reader users click here, and then I did that, but it didn't seem to make any difference. But Google and Google and screen and uh, blind people, we've had ups and downs throughout the years with all kinds of things. So it doesn't surprise me. I've just at all really. Does that is that something that you run into quite a bit? That that that's mostly an afterthought. Yeah, unfortunately, with a lot of things, it is. It's unfortunate, but. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. That was that was it. I just I wanted to. That was sort of a warm up item, but it was something that uh, totally caught me off guard. And of course, being excited, I would have never thought about it. But uh, uh, Google products are maybe not uh, the most accessible for everybody out there. Well, and that makes sense, actually, because they're so non-standard. The reason his screen reader couldn't see an edit field is there wasn't one. It's a dock. You click anywhere in the dock, and the whole thing is an edit field. So right. how do you parse that if you're writing a screen reader? Uh, so I can see why that would be difficult. And in the case of like a, a, a word processor document, you have more uh, cues from the API on the system, whereas in a web browser, you just have the limited set of APIs from the web. So I, I hadn't thought about that either, but I do remember when uh, uh, Danny, I don't remember his last name, was on the Everyday Linux podcast. He's blind as well, and and he asked for a PDF of the show notes. So it, um, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a learning experience for me, and I'll know in the future to do that. Um, uh, yeah, but it, it does. It, it makes it a challenge because uh, they're not the collaborative doc anymore, right? Uh, so, uh, I, yeah. Me and Corey, we, we traded more emails than than probably usual, but uh, it went well. So, uh, and I'm hoping Corey, you at least were able to get enough information out of the out of that uh, what I emailed you to kind of know where we were going with the show, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, and I, I assume since this is a listener spotlight, you are a listener, so you've probably heard this before uh, us do this before. So you pretty much know that we kind of sit back and and you do the show and and we take a break. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> one, two, three, go. <laughs> no, so, uh, tell us about uh, about you, about your job, what you do, and what it is that makes you a tightwad. All right. Well, um, I'm 30 years old. I run my own computer um, business here, like a little small business doing IT stuff around here in my town of Port Jervis, New York. I do 
virus removals, uh, motherboard replacements, you know, usual computer IT stuff, uh, you know, some laptop stuff, Windows reinstalls, um, all that, everything that that kind of encompasses. All right. But I do it. I'm sorry, go ahead. I do it kind of unique. I have some unique ways and creative things I have to come up with as far as, you know, installing Windows and other, you know, thing tools that I have to use to make it easier for me, being that I can't see, you know, some of the machines and I know my girlfriend helps me with some of the repairs. I can do some desktop repairs. But laptops are kind of a pain for me. I can, you know, I can take the hard drives out with CD drives and stuff, but she helps me with a lot of that stuff. She's into it too. So that helps. That, that helps. Laptops are a pain whether you can see or not. It doesn't yes. seem to matter there. <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm, I'm curious, Corey, um, because that, I mean, yeah, you're right. That just uh, gets my mind flowing as far as all of the unique challenges that you face. Uh, for instance, uh, somebody's got like a root kit or something. I mean, where, I mean, you're pre O you've got problems pre OS. And, uh, so yeah, it seems to me that, yeah, you can't use a screen reader at that, at that point. Um, so how do you attack problems like that? Well, I usually take the hard drive out and throw it into a dock and then try to scan it and see how far I can, hopefully I can get somewhere and try to remove it with one of the rootkit removers if not if i can't then a lot of times that i end up just backing up their data and usually a lot of times i know some people hate it but i usually do probably re more reinstalls than i have to if no one's around to help my girlfriend's around to help i'll have her try some things you know malware bites some of the bootable cds and stuff but if not if they don't care most of these home users they have these old computers and they haven't done a reinstall in you know say four or five years so reinstall to them it's actually easier for me to do a reinstall sometimes than to, you know, figure out if it, if it is like, you know, weird rootkit issue or something. And, and, and a reinstall is often the best course of action anyway. You know, I, I find in my case that often, assuming I have my stuff backed up and I try to always have my stuff backed up, I just take that opportunity to do, as our good friend Chris calls it, a nuke and pave because everything starts out fresh that way. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you too, Corey. I, I know you said that uh, a lot of people don't like going that route, but uh, you got two of them here that do because uh, I, I kind of use the 20 minute rule too. Of course, uh, usually, you know, uh, when I'm doing that, it's for a friend or a family member or something like that. So I'm just, you know, it's not in a in a business uh, sense, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll spend a little bit of time on it and then uh, nuke and pave, back up their data as much as I can. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, they're getting it for free, anyways. So yeah, exactly. So uh, Corey, how did you come to find out about the Taiwan Tech, and and more importantly, uh, my question is, how are we beneficial to you in that 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 you're not in education, and we tend to be education centric? What have you found of value in the show in the time that you've been listening, and how long have you been listening? So there's three I've, questions that I just threw in there all at once. <laughs> okay, I'll try to answer in no particular order, but um, I've been listening probably for about a year and a half. Oh, okay. And you know, I it's weird, but I don't. Maybe it wasn't somebody from Podnuts or somebody mentioned it or I don't even know. I know what it was. You were on Computer America one night. Yes. With Karen. Uh, you weren't, yes. Yes. I remember then I had listened to the podcast of that the next day. And then I, I thought you know, my sister's in, in education. She's a teacher and my mom was a teacher. So I figured, you know, hey, you know, I like to support and like to learn different things about how all that stuff works. So, you know, as far as education and computers and tech, so I thought it was cool and a lot of the tips here and there off, you know, off and on some of the tips you guys have given help, helped me out 
Um, one of the tips that really helped was that driver uh, with the DRPSU or driver yeah, driver pack solutions. Pack solutions, yeah, because I was doing it a different way, which. I had the driver packs the old way where you extracted them and put them on the CD and you had Windows browse for the folder and everything. But it was this, that was cool. And I guys talked about that. I mean, that's my go-to thing. It's right on my USB stick all the time. One of my, you know, I have them laying around when I go anywhere. It works 99% of the time. Drivers were such a nightmare for us for a while. And Mark, you probably remember this. There was like a two or three month window there where, my life seemed to be revolving around finding drivers and and backing up drivers and things. <laughs> and, and I came across two or three great tools during that that time frame, uh, but I was pulling my hair out and I don't have a whole lot left. So, uh, yeah, it's a valuable Those, commodity. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So next question. <laughs> we did we we hit the twenty minute mark. Yeah, okay. we're we're done. Show's over, folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, appreciate it. It was nice of you to be with us, Corey. No. Uh, so, uh, tell us about your. Uh, do do you? Uh, is your your computer repair business that's your full time job? Is that your only thing you do, or is it a hobby, or 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 how does that work for you? Um, yeah, it's my full time job, but I do. You know, I don't get that. I get business here and there. It is my full time job, and I also. I also uh, do a um, CD ripping uh, business too that I got into. That's my my business name. I got into doing that for people that didn't have people that have iPods or whatever MP3 players, whatever you want. And I've been doing that for people ripping the, their CDs that don't want to go to iTunes and rebuy them. So that's been a pretty good business model for me too, actually. Really? How much do you charge to rip a CD? Two bucks. Okay. And that's been going pretty yeah. good. You know, I'll tag them and throw them on a hard drive or whatever they want and they have to bring me the original cds because it's all that was part of this whole thing i read about legally it has to be original discs and blah 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 so just throw them in let it tag it and that's been going pretty good actually what software where do you use what software do you use to do that i'm using uh eac exact audio copy okay i'm familiar with that and i use mp3 tag if it doesn't get all the artwork and make sure that it's tagged correctly you know I, the uh, as a folder for the artist and then album and song titles. Yeah, two bucks a CD. I could certainly see that being a valuable service. You know, being the tightwad that I am, I think that's a ripoff. But uh, you know, my yeah, well. my wife might think that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. For the non geek, that's that's for sure. Uh, so, is that something that you? Uh, it would seem to me that you might derive a lot of a lot of that business off of the internet, or is that something that's just happening locally for you? Yeah, just locally, because I mean, I was going to do it on the internet, but then got to mail everything and then ship them, and I was like, eh, it seems more. There's a there's other people that are doing it a lot cheaper actually on the internet. There's some people that are doing it like forty, fifty cents a CD, but then you got to, you know, you have to have a minimum of 200, 200 CDs, and you know, I don't know if some people are comfortable shipping, you know, their original CDs that they paid, right. you know, say sixteen, seventeen dollars, where they are now, and they haven't bought a CD in I don't know four years probably, but. Yeah, I've got hundreds of CD t- CDs in my collection, and I've, you know, I've spent years ripping them all. You know, when at, when at, for, when I first got my first MP3 player, I probably did nothing but rip CDs for several months at a time. And now, every time I, I buy something over the years, I've gotten one. So, but yeah, I could imagine that would be a big undertaking if I packed all of those up. The shipping alone would probably cost me a couple hundred bucks. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I ripped, I, I had up over 3,000 CDs myself. I ripped them all to flack and I have a music server that I use the uh, transporter from Logitech that I have a computer dedicated just for that. So, but I guess it's, you know, that's what I do. So just uh, in, Mark, in case somebody doesn't know, what is FLAC? FLAC is free lossless audio. It's, um, so it's a lossless format. So you're not losing any, um, not losing any quality. Right. So instead of MP3 where it's a lossy format and FLAC is lossless, you're not losing any quality. It's a lot bigger file sizes. So your typical MP3 is four or five megs. Your typical FLAC song probably 20 25 megs or something right roughly the same size it is on a cd so it's uh but 740 megs for an hour of music somewhere around yep yep sean you had a, a question uh, you just no i was gonna say you uh talking about ripping all of the cds you you gave me a flashback to when we ripped all of your movies yes and we had multiple computers going all at the same time I mean, we worked on it for days just had computers running and ripping movies and when it finished with one we'd pull it out and throw another one in there yeah when i first set up uh boxy on my home uh theater i have hundreds of dvds too and and so I looked around the office one. I said, we've got like 15 computers in here. We'll just set them all up with a DVD ripping software and, and let them go. And then, you know, when they beep at us and we got a spare money, we'll just go through and swap them all out. So, yeah, we did that um, for three or four weeks and did all mine. And then Sean brought all his in and we did all those. Right. That's great. That's cool. That's, that's great. Yeah, we learned a lot during that process. We uh, we ended up having to use like three different tools because uh, one might not work on a certain one. Movie, yeah, uh, I've been there, yep. Yeah. So, uh, th yeah, those were good times to be sure. Yeah, and you've got all those PCs sitting there anyway. Why not use those spare cycles? Exactly. Let them do something. Let them, let them work. <laughs> you know, it's either that or SETI at home. You know, you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. I'm waiting for you. I know, and I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of something. I know we're both kind of flat tonight, aren't we? Well, I can. All right, I can pick it up. I guess if you want. Um, no, go ahead. Like I said, we're just going to sit back. It's your show. If you if you want right. to talk about underoos, you go right ahead. <laughs> well, I guess I can talk about installing Windows. If I, I guess I do that with all automated um, installation, like Windows Seven has the automated. Uh, installation kit so on xml so it's all unattended you're probably familiar with some of that i guess probably doing right right doing so i do all that automated and then i have it you know put in the computer name or the person's name and so that's all so i just boot up you know boot up most machines so the dells f11 or the f12 and go down twice for the cd and hit enter twice and you know once and then again to the boot from cd walk away and then come back and so i have to Every time a new Windows comes out, I have to, you know, learn all the automated right. stuff to do all that. And and that's funny because uh, I, back when I was doing lots of installs before we before imaging saved our lives, I could do that. I knew, you know, down, down, enter, left, left, type this, yeah. hit enter, and wait, you know, come back. And so I could have done it blind just as easily. Yeah. After a while, you just memorize all the, all the fingers and, you, and they just do what you need to do. So, uh, yeah, you just do it that way. Yeah, that's kind of like uh, uh, setting up fog for the first time on a machine. I mean, I did literally hundreds and hundreds of those, and uh, you you get to that point most definitely. So I'm curious, Corey. I, I, I guess tell us a little bit more about some of the unique tools that you use. Um. Well, 
I have, I guess, unique tools. I have portable screen reader. The NVDA runs portably on a stick, so that doesn't have, which is unique, pretty unique for most screen readers because most of them have to hook into the video and everything. So that's um, use that. So I can take that any USB stick, plug it into a computer, and that runs portably, which is nice. Um, is that a cross-platform? Um, no, just just uh, just Windows. And okay. on, for Linux, I can use. Um, I don't use it too much, but they have a bootable Linux, which is right. like a Ubuntu uh, distribution that they pre. Uh, you know, they put all their own stuff into, so that works. And if I have to do any Macs, the Mac has built-in voiceover, so I can, which I can do that. So it's Command F5, and that starts right up. So I got a couple of Macs in. We have more than Mac, actually. We have a question from the chat room. Uh, it says, "What what challenges do you find in technology, uh, especially maybe challenges that we wouldn't think that exist for him, like you know Google Docs? We we didn't really think about. What are some things that uh, that you run into that are are um, you know, a, a challenge or something difficult that, that maybe the rest of us don't even consider? Um, hmm, that's a good question. Well, I guess, I mean, it's going to sound probably, you probably thought of this, but a lot of these captures, then a lot of these, some of these new captures, not some of them, I find an un non-standard websites like that don't use any kind of the way the links on the page, if they're like picture links or they don't have any kind of yes. text that makes it that the text doesn't make any sense. Or you're trying to find something, especially Sean was saying with drivers, it made me think of going around in a circle, trying to find, click here to download. You click on that and it's like, Oh yeah, you want your driver. Okay. You click again and you're in a circle, you know, maze before. <laughs> yeah. Those driver something. sites are the worst because even for, they try to trick the sighted, right. you know, uh, you go to a driver site and they're trying to, get you to trick you into clicking onto some other ad or something that you think you're clicking to get download the driver you want. Yeah. The top and, seven uh, links may are na named download and they're yep, not what you yep. want. The eighth link is named get this. And that's the one that you want. Exactly. Wow. What a nightmare. All right. So I'm going to use uh, some of the uh, interviewing wisdom that I learned from Steve Cherubino of Podnuts. What else? Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see i'm trying to think of some other things i can tell you about is there uh, any is there any unique hardware that you use oh well, yeah oh yeah i think yeah that's a good question i didn't i don't know why i didn't i do have a braille display here i do have i do use that actually i'd like to use that um when i'm doing when Wait, i'm reading you have, to, you have to describe this because if it's what i think it is it's really cool Okay, it's um. Let's see how to. So, if you're sitting in front of it, it from right or from left to right, it has all these little cells that pop up. There's 80 of them, and it, it so you're sitting in front of it right from left to right. You can read across, and the little cells pop up with the braille dots going across. This so then I can has line feeds. I can hit to go to the next line, the previous line, and then I can click on something. If there's like a word, like say it said, click here to download. Or click here to listen to this podcast. I could click on the C for, you know, click here and it would download. It's called a routing key. And it can wait click on, on the that. on the actual Braille reader, on the display. Yeah, above the display, there's all these. There's on okay. each on uh, above each cell. There's a routing key. So there's eighty of them, and then you can click anywhere on this. If it said click here, or if it said you know play button, and you're on the P for the button, I can go right above where that P is and then hit the little thing and it will click it and will activate that. 
Nice. Yeah, that was that was what I was thinking. I, I saw a, a demonstration online of uh, uh, probably the same thing, and uh, you know, again, you just you don't realize that kind of technology is out there until you see it, and, and then you think, wow, that's just amazing. Yeah, now, is I that like something it. that that you had to pony up for, or is that something that uh, there's some sort of assistance to get? You know, does insurance cover something like that? Well, I actually got it when I was in college. I had uh, the state actually paid for it. They they didn't pay for the whole thing. They split it with me. I had to I had to pay a pretty good. I had to pay like five grand with them. Split it in half with them to pay it for it. It was ten ten grand or ten something. I forget the exact price, but they they split it with me. So it was better than nothing. I mean, I I did right. need it def- <laughs> definitely. I mean, it, and it keeps telling me, oh, you need to get it cleaned. So I cleaned it myself because I sent it I sent it back about two years ago to be cleaned, and the guy broke one of the it has like these little, um, they're like mini, um, like old ID, like the old ID connectors, but they're smaller. They're like half the size and he broke two of them inside and I didn't, and I was wondering why the thing would oh. shut off like after a while. And I, I opened it myself because a friend of mine uh, repairs them and he told me, he goes, yeah, I bet he broke them and he put tape over half of the thing. So I had to call the company in Germany and have them send me like, oh, you're not supposed to open it. I'm like, well, I'm not, I don't trust the dealer in the u.s that i said to the last time to be clean so i got the distilled uh distilled water and got this alcohol this denatured alcohol and stuff and cleaned the cells and was a was a job but actually it wasn't too bad once i opened it up and saw the way it was put together it actually isn't too bad a bunch of screws okay. it has tons of screws in it though that's the only thing it probably has 50 or 60 screws in the bottom of different size screws so just keeping those in order was but turned out good yeah, I can just wow. see you with this big long line of screws, and and anybody t- walks in the room, and say, "Don't touch anything." Yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I, I had like, I had little cups. I had little cups around. This goes okay. These are these five screws here, and then I had another cup with another ten screws. I go, "This is for the first five. This is I had them like lined up, you know, in a way that yeah. I knew what it was, but I was like, you know, just leave it alone." Yeah, wow. you know, it's funny because uh, I have I do similar things when I'm taking a laptop apart and I actually will sort of set them out. And I know everybody has their own unique way of, of managing this type of thing, but I like to, uh, you know, I'll have my workspace and then off to the right or left or whatever, I'll actually set my screws out sort of in graphical order of where they actually go on the laptop. So in the end, after I have like 20 or 30 screws, you can sort of see the shape of a laptop. You know, laid out in screws off to the side. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's... yeah, it seems to work for me. I mean, it's it's different for everybody. I know. I I see some some people, uh, and probably people who are just better at it than I am. You know, they can just chunk them off to the side, and they they just uh, are able to recall where they go, or you know, they know this the screws are kind of standard, uh, and you get used to it after a while. Or you can be so like, any other you know, the guy that worked uh, for us and still works for me, and just not care. And you just put the wood screw in there, and, and you know, and, <laughs> right, and the, you know right. the concrete screw. You just throw that in there; that'll work. Yeah, he he ends up with like ten extras afterwards. He goes, "Well, you know, it's it, all right. Still, yeah, it's still it's not coming apart or anything. <laughs> Them's always some parts left over. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that was actually uh, the first week with my new district, <clears throat> and uh, they they saw me going to take a laptop apart. And they, I, I didn't realize, but you know, they watched intently and I guess it was, they felt like they could get some sort of a, of an idea of what my skill level was by 
you know how how well I navigated taking apart this laptop and putting it back together. And when I got done, and they're like, "Well, how many screws do you have left over?" And None. I didn't have any, <laughs> and that's not a hundred percent thing for me. You know, right. sometimes you do you do come across, you do come away with you know maybe one or two extras, but uh, but, but yeah, I lucked out on that time, and uh, yeah, they thought that was amazing. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I, I took my own laptop apart once to replace the power jack, the one that I'm using right now. Actually, when I put it back together, there were like seven screws and like three little metal pieces, and and I I have no memory of where they came from or what, the, and the thing works just fine. I'm using it today, but there's like 12 different pieces that I have stuffed in a little baggie, and maybe someday I'll figure out where they go. That's funny. <laughs> so, uh, so any other uh, unique hardware, Corey, that you use? Yeah, actually, I have a external um, synthesizer that I use if I'm doing using any kind of um, like a kill disc type of you know some kind of DOS boot CD that it works, so I can order a screen reader and. In DOS still, that uses like a DOS boot disk, some sort of, like I use a program called Snapshot that works in Windows, but it also works. So if, if I'm going to do a, re, a restore of a system, I can use that, I can boot up to a bootable CD and that has, and I plug in, it actually uses the COM port. So I ought to kind of a couple of machines here. I still put the COM port brackets in because all my machines are pretty new. So they don't have, you know, the, the COM port built in. So the bracket and the motherboard and put the COM port in, but that you, so I use that. That's a little box that has its own speech. Like I said, it's not in Windows, so there's no sound card driver. So this plugs in and speech is kind of robotic a little bit, but it works. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing like uh, war games. <laughs> yeah. Play a Matthew game? Broderick had that little box yeah. that, that spoke for the computer. Yeah, that's kind of, yep, exactly. But it does <laughs> get the job done when I have to do it, so... So I'm right, curious, you, do your do your clients uh, ever have issues, or I, 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 hopefully they would have enough tact to not let you know if they did? But anybody ever walk into your shop and go, "You're blind"? Yep. Yeah, a couple people have. Um, a couple people said, "I will not have a blind person work on my computer." I said, "Okay, then you don't need to be here. Then bye." Wow. Because I don't, you know, I'm not going to try to. I mean, I I used to really. I mean, I I used to a couple years ago. It used to bother me, but. I'm like, got to the point where I was like, you know why? I mean, I have enough people that know that I can do it and I do it well. So these few people aren't going to, you know, disturb me and try to, I used to try to, you know, win people, well, I can do it, you know, I can, uh, like, I ah, forget that about five years ago. I said, you know, I woke up one day, it was so weird. I don't, not like some revelation or something, but I was like, you know what, forget that. I'm just going to do what I do. I have so many people around here that do know me and do know what I can do. So at least, you know, 10, 15 people and just let them do, let them go to a place that, let them go to some, let them go somewhere else. They can, you know, find out for themselves. Right, I do good work, right. and I, I don't take a month like the other place does—a month or more—to get their computer back to them. So they can have fun waiting. That that would be me. And again, that's why it's only family members and friends. But yeah, if I get something handed off to me, I have to warn them up front. I'm just like, you know, I'm a busy guy, and uh, you're not paying anything for it. So guess what? You're gonna get it back when I get a chance to get to it. <laughs> Well, that's, but I think that's, what, I got. that's what a lot of people run into, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I got a computer brought to a, for me by a friend, not quite kind of acquaintance today. I mean, I just, and, you know, he's got some virus. He calls me up. Oh, I haven't talked to him about three months. He called me this this afternoon, you know, at my house. He called me. I was home. He goes, hey, can I drop that my laptop off to you? I, it's got a virus. I said, I just did that for you in February. Well, yeah. He goes, well, you know, I, I know you can do it. It doesn't take you that long. So you can do that, right? And I'm like, well, I'm busy the next couple of days. I said, you know, I'll get to it when I can. You can drop it off. And, 
I'll get to it, but you know, I don't know when. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, you wave a 50 in front of my face, and my schedule just cleared up. Yeah, my clear exactly, exactly. You couldn't help exactly. But he's like, oh, you know, <laughs> oh well. He's like, so, you can make uh, a bath. We have we have another another question from the chat room, and they want to know how it is that you go about uh, basically identifying the pieces, and uh, you know, so the the pieces of hardware. I mean. Uh, some things are kind of standardized and some things aren't. So how, how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you navigate that when you're disassembling something? Well, I mean, basically, so you're, you know, I know how to take the CD drives and the hard drives and like if taking off, like, um, I guess I have some difficulty with, you know, determining what, um, like, you know, what CPU, you know, what the processor without taking the pro when taking the processor out, I really usually have my girlfriend do most of those cause I don't want to bend anything, break anything. So I usually have her do that stuff. But as far as determining like the memory, of course, I'm not really going to be able to tell what, um, you know, if it's like without, if the system isn't running without, you know, determining whether it's DDR2, DDR3 or any of So I can tell where the notches on the DDR2. I think it's DD. The old memory has like two notches. A D, it was a DDR. I think has like two notches in it. I think if I remember correctly. And so, as far as the components, um, you know, I can tell most most things. I guess you know, like the power supply, all that stuff. I can find lead where the wires go and unhook them and everything. Hook most things up pretty good. I mean, I except I can't hook up the front case connectors. No blind person can ever really do that. So can't hook up can't do that myself um there's limitate there's definitely limitations and that's what i tell everybody i mean i know a couple other blind people that are trying to get into this and one blind friend was here and he ruined two of my computers because he was messing around with them when i was sleeping he <laughs> tried to hook up all the front front connectors and i didn't know i would turn them on and fried it was well ooh, i was trying to learn I'm like yeah my computer sounds like thanks <laughs> now you're talking about the wiring from like the power the power button and everything that where it yep, connects yeah, to the, the motherboard Yep, power okay. button, all the front, you know, the USBs and yeah, those those are a pain anyway. <laughs> I can't even imagine attempting it otherwise. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, I think it's funny as we're having the discussion. I think what we figured out is it sucks for everybody, whether you can see or not. Yeah, I guess yeah. I, I think that's light. what's so amazing about it is you know that's just it. It's you know you know how difficult it is. And of course we even talk about, you know, laptops and things and we just pull our hair out when we're dealing with some of this stuff. And, uh, so that's, it's hard to imagine what it must be like for you. And, uh, I know for you, that's just your day to day, but, uh, yeah. Another, wow. Another thing, I, another thing I just thought of too, and about being difficult is a lot of non like installers for certain things. Like, you know how you have to go through some of these installers and you got to watch out for the ask toolbars and the this oh, and the, man, yeah. you know, oh, I mean, yeah. I got to go through them and really like really carefully and listen. And they have like these routing keys to route the mouse so you can read what's on the whole screen. Cause if I don't, if I just click next, man, I'll, before you know it, I'll have, you know, 20 things and 20 toolbars. If you don't pay attention. So I'm always looking out of how to install a lot of these things with silently without the toolbars or, you know, get the tool, toolbar free or portable versions of a lot of the software that, you know, I mean, it's, that's one thing I just thought of that really, I have to really pay extra attention to anytime I install anything or that, that's one thing. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I know I've done that because you get, especially you get in somewhat of a rhythm and you're, you're clicking through these screens and then you, cl you click okay on one and you realize you, 
it's like right as you're clicking okay, you realize there's a checkbox there that's checked because they're so often checked by default. It says, yeah, uh, install this crazy thing that I don't want. Uh, or you uncheck or you uncheck one, but then there's like six more of them in the same right. in the same dialogue box that, oh, I unchecked it. said, do you want to install this? No, but then it got the home page, the you know, the browser, but whatever, the home page, the this add-on, this you know, it's like, oh, I unchecked that one. I thought I was gonna check them all, but nope. That's almost yeah. like buying a domain from GoDaddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it really, Mark? Yeah. We won't be getting sponsorship from them anytime soon. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about that. I've, I have mine with HostGator. Host I heard about that. <laughs> so well, uh, I, since we are a podcast, I, I want to bring attention to the fact that you sound better than most of our other guests. And uh, when we were uh, sending some emails back and forth, you mentioned your rig. You're using the the same microphone I am and a, and a professional-grade uh, digital audio converter. So clearly you didn't uh, go out and buy all that just to be on this show. What is your uh, association with uh, with podcasting? Well, I've been on PodOuts a couple times with Steve. I've been on that. And I, I was on that. What actually spurred me into buying better equipment was I have a I have a Blue Yeti that I got for Christmas, I don't know, two years ago. And it just didn't sound good. Like I, I thought it was okay, but then I heard myself back on one of the Podnut shows, I guess it was probably last year, whenever I was on a couple months ago, I heard myself back on that. And I just like, Oh, I like good audio. I, I couldn't believe it. I said, I got to get something better. I said, this is terrible. I said, I don't, I don't like the way I sound. And he was like, Oh, Steve was like, Oh, it's all right. But I'm like, nah, it's not all right with me. So I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do better. I'm going to, then I, I actually have an SM58 microphone, but then I heard you guys, with your microphone. I thought, well, that sounds really I like the sound of that. So I, I bought one of those and then that's where I am now and I probably can do some podcasting like I said in the future or do some tutorials I've been doing for a couple of friends with the screen reader it's so much easier talking somebody giving them an audio file with the screen reader in the background and having that go through and talking you know showing them what to do and then sometimes explaining somebody on the phone well you're gonna you're gonna go down you're gonna tab six times you're gonna route the jaws to the PC cursor you're gonna left click on this line it's so much easier if I can send them an audio file with direction on how to do something so I've been doing that for couple of friends who are just getting in into some of this you know newer um computing stuff so new programs that we mess around with so it's been and i like to sound have good sounding audio so so basically you just like to spend money and microphones are a good place to do it <laughs> yeah that's true that, you yeah. Could, that's fair yeah i think we all we all are guilty of that uh gear lust issue definitely so uh, you said you might be doing some podcasting in the future. What uh, what flavor of podcasting? What do you want to do a podcast on? Um, I was maybe on like um, some of these screen readers that we use and trying to have some kind of tutorials. The people were always asking, how do you do this? But maybe some kind of a show where I don't, I've had some ideas, but I'm trying to formulate actually what, you know, there's so many podcasts and I'm not going to do another computer because there's so many computer podcasts out right. there. Maybe from a blindness perspective, maybe some kind of how to use certain programs or certain um, certain problems that we would face with some programs or, you know, I don't something like that. I was thinking. Well, I happen to know a couple of guys who have a podcast production company. Um, yeah. So if, uh, you know, if you're interested, <laughs> right. uh, I can put you in touch with them. Yeah, it sounds good. So uh, while we're on the subject, what are some of your favorite podcasts? Um, well, a bunch of your podcasts I've been listening to. I'm not just saying that. Um, Steve's uh, Pod Nuts. Then I listen to some comedy, uh, some comedy podcasts from some 
I listen to the Opie Anthony radio show. They have some of their comedian friends have podcasts. Um, listen to Mike Tech show, uh, Tech Vets. I know probably a lot of people probably say those shows, but um, let's see a lot of a lot of technology podcasts. Um, trying to think of all the a lot of the some of the twits, some of the security now, some of that stuff I listen to. Um, PC Perspective, I listen to his podcast. Um, Wow, that's quite a list. Yeah. But not then bad. again, I guess you're not sitting around for eight hours watching television like I do. No, yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, like the Netflix is my girlfriend. I heard, I don't even, I rarely watch watch the news. But then again, I can get that on Twitter. So I don't even. <laughs> that's funny. I don't really, I don't really watch even TV. I don't even care really that much. I mean, I just have it. I have, I have cable for her and because it's in the bundle package. So it's cheaper to have it than not, not have it, if you know what I mean. You know, it's funny that you say that, but so often CNN will be 15 minutes of them oh, reading yeah. tweets. So, you know, they really are getting their news from Twitter. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I can get Twitter on my, I can get Twitter on the phone, my iPhone. I can get it on that or I can, you know, do all that. So it works out. So, uh, Corey, I'm going to jump in here. I'm curious, and we're kind of getting towards the end of the, the show, but uh, I don't think we really quite covered this. Uh, of course, this is the Taiwan Tech, and we love free and open source software and things like that. Uh, run down some of, I guess, some of your favorites, some of your favorite free and open source software that you use. But also, I'm curious, is there a wealth of free or open source software uh, for the blind? Well, there's a new free screen reader called NVDA Non-Visual Desktop Access at nvdaproject.org, I think is the website. I forget because I don't, I have it in my favorites. I think it's, so that's the free screen reader. It's very good, actually. It's all written in Python. So it, I use that. I've been using that actually more than the one I paid, you know, a lot of money for. I'm using that's really in the past couple months, they've really um, improved that a lot. I mean, they're really actually ahead in some instances, instances they're ahead of, some of the commercial screen readers. So I hope that they get their funding. The guy wants $250,000, I guess, to can, from Australia wants money to continue. Mozilla was paying some money and Microsoft a couple of years ago. I think they haven't uh, paid as much the last couple of years, I guess, as he had hoped. But um, wait, wait. I don't understand. A guy wants to get paid to do something. I, I want, he wants <laughs> yeah, to, he wants money for time. I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar yeah. with the concept. Yeah, that's what he says. <laughs> What, yeah, I bet uh, a lot of those, um, I guess, avenues for uh, getting that money are, are drying, drying up. Drying up, yeah. So, uh, anything else? Um, program wise, um, trying to think of anything like I don't know. I use uh, IMG Burn a lot. I'm sure you know that. I use that a lot. Um, I use. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, well, the EAC. I said MP3 tag. That's free EAC. I use. Um, I think that's exact audio copy. Um, Handbrake. I use. Um, trying to think what else. Um, what, uh, I use. What uh, window? What OS do you use? Is it Windows? Windows Seven? What What is your preferred OS? I use Windows Seven, sixty-four bit on my machine here. I have. That's what I use um, primarily, and I have. I still have XP and a VM if I need to use that to help somebody. If there's something I'm really, I have that in VM here. And then I, I have a Mac as well. I have a Mac mini I bought a couple of years ago. So I have that here too, because I like to learn as much as I can about that too, because I'm getting more and more of those in to work on. So I have that here. And I, I, don't, I love I don't to hear that. To, I don't mean to ask a stupid question, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and ask a stupid question. 
Do you have a monitor? Yep, I do. Okay, because yep. uh, I know that some things in Windows just don't work unless you have a monitor hooked up, whether you're looking at it or not. Yeah, with, well, with the Mac, actually, if you don't have a monitor hooked up, you can use it, but it doesn't, the screen reader doesn't work right at all. It, it's all aligned in the screen. It's really bad. You have to have a monitor hooked up for the Mac. Definitely. Windows, you can kind of, I mean, but if I need help with something, I mean, it, yeah, I have a monitor. I have a couple of computers in here right now. I have a KVM. I have four computers hooked up in, here, in this room right now. So I hope it's not too noisy with the mic. I hope it's not too bad, but no, I, four, it at all. I only have two, okay. one computer on right now, but. So Corey, I have to jump in here, and I'm just—I'm—it just occurred to me to ask this question. But so, how did you get started with all of this? I mean, is it something that you know you caught the bug early on when you were younger, or was it later on in life that you really got into computers and thought, you know, I want to mess around with this stuff? It was actually in elementary school. We were using uh, still in like well, it's probably 1991, 92. We were still using DOS and WordPerfect and all that, and then. Um, I just got into it because it was something else that I could do and played like some games. I had this trucker game where you went around and you bought fuel and you went around and you'd, you know, it was all keyboard based games. You went around, you bought this and I was like, this is pretty cool. And then the internet, probably 94, 95, when I first went on the internet and I was like, oh, this is cool. You can, I was into like rock bands, finding bios and doing all that kind of, and looking up things. And ever since then, when I f first started messing with computers, probably 97 or started taking apart computers and you know, trying to do this at school. They had a big push for that. When I, I went to a, a school for the blind in New York City and they had a big push for showing us the internals of the computer and trying to show, you know, that was a whole computer. That was a whole, that was our computer class for two years of taking apart computers, looking at the components and, you know, learning. That was pretty cool, actually, that they had a whole component component on all that. So that kind of got me intrigued. Oh, I can actually do, this is something I can do, you know, that, a lot of people are really afraid of doing it. I really found it intriguing. Yeah, yeah well, I I, you're right. I mean, that's a lot of, uh, it, you know, anybody uh, that can be said of so many people are intimidated by computers anyways that, uh, you know, they don't realize that, you know, hey, I can, I can actually do this. I can pop this thing open and, you know, uh, once you kind of learn what's there, I mean, it's there's some major components that uh, might uh, look or act slightly differently from computer to computer, but I mean, once you kind of get that down, uh, uh, it's not so bad. I, I missed a lot of that. I, I I stopped listening after he said he was in elementary school in 91. I, I stepped out to get my Geritol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Huh? <laughs> We're old. Well, he's, you're, you're 30, right, Corey? Yeah, I'm 30. Okay. Okay. So you're you're not that far behind us. That does sound weird, though, doesn't it, Mark? Yes, it does. Yeah, ninety one. We were both we were both in college. Yeah, ninety one. <laughs> Some of us finished. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me mid drink there. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it, it took it took me eight years to finish. It took me eight years to finish college. So yeah, yeah. I like yeah, to don't say feel I, bad. You did better than I did. <laughs> I like to say I worked really hard and got my four degree, a four year degree in only six years. No, there you go. Okay, I feel a little better then. <laughs> So, uh, Corey, I, I'm going to ask you the question I ask everybody who comes on the show. If, if you had one thought, one message, one point that you wanted to make sure everybody listening to this show came away with, what would that be? I just want to tell everybody that you people can, that just people can do things if you want to do things with technology. I and mean, if you have the means to try things and don't, I guess if you have, you know, like a spare computer or somebody get, get an old computer, just 
you know, just see, look at it. If you, if you're into it, just try open it up and see what happens, you know, just have fun try things. And I guess don't be afraid of, you know, don't be afraid of things and just try them out. Amen. That's what I say so many times. I say the difference between you and me is I'm not afraid, you know, and, yeah. and it's not that I know more. It's that I'm not afraid to break something and then figure out I've, I've learned almost everything I know from having broken something and had to fix it. Oh yeah. I've done Definitely. All right. So, uh, we're going to wrap it up, uh, here, uh, Sean, I don't have a tech tip. I, I used my last one last week, so I'm going to move <laughs> on to you for the teacher tip of the week. Yeah, that's fine. And you know, teacher tips are, are so deep. Uh, I swear it seems like, uh, I keep thinking that it's the well's going to dry up, but it seems like every week there's, uh, you know, all this new stuff that comes out and, um, not that by virtue of me having it on as a teacher tip that it's a brand new thing or anything, but, uh, yeah, I can't keep up. <clears throat> so, uh, this week's teacher tip is collaborizeclassroom.com. And this is like a lot of different tools out there. As a matter of fact, uh, you can probably use some, uh, you know, CMS uh, systems that have this functionality somewhat built in, but it's basically the site is just a, it's an online topic discussion site. So you can actually go in, register a classroom. It takes about five minutes to set up. Uh, you can register your class and it's all private and, uh, you can have this online topical discussion and uh it's in an environment and especially the way they try to sell it is you know you've got those kids some kids that kind of overpower a discussion and other kids that sort of uh you know cower in the corner and don't really want to participate or whatever so the whole idea is to get on get that conversation happening in a online environment where uh, everybody feels a little bit more comfortable as far as participating. And uh, what's great about this site, the one thing I saw in this site that uh, a lot of other sites I see uh, are missing is this one has a ton of topical starters. So you can actually go in and say, we're, you know, we're discussing math or history or science or whatever, and then it'll break it down and it may have 100, 200 different kind of topical starters that, so as a teacher, you can go in and say, uh, we're studying Napoleon and you can go in and find a topical starter on Napoleon. Um, so it's, it's got a wealth of those kind of starter kits to get the, the conversation going. Uh, it also has a unique thing where you can actually uh, integrate video or, uh, uh, PowerPoint slides or other visuals in there. So you can say, Hey, review this video. Now let's talk about this. And, uh, then that can kind of be, you can set up your own starter that way. So, um, check it out. It's it, like I said, there's other things out there that do the same thing, but, uh, you know, everybody has a, their own preference as far as how they like to do this stuff. This one's really cool. Collaborizeclassroom.com. All right. Very cool. And so this is the part where I tell you where you can contact us. Uh, and I will say if you want to be a spotlighted listener in the same way that Corey was a, our listener spotlight tonight, you can uh, head over to uh, elementop.com and contact us there. You can send an email to sean at elementop.com or just use the contact us button at the top of the page and let us know. And it's really that easy. Say, I want to be on a show and you will be on a show. That's about it. Yeah. Right, and, and I'm, I'm, Definitely. It was that easy. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm back into baking mode because uh, I lucked out a couple months back and I had a flood of them, and uh, so I was able to line out a few months uh, ahead of time. And now I'm back to uh, you know for May I don't have anybody lined up, and so I'm certainly looking to line up May and June. Uh, so uh, put your hand up in the air, and we will get you on. All right, and also while you're there, check out the uh, forums there for uh, Taiwan Tech and other shows. We do uh, six other shows, or five other shows, six total. And a little programming note, one of our shows is going away, sort of, and being replaced by another. The Taiwan Teacher, uh, starting the uh, 1st of May, will become EduMatters. Uh, different hosts, uh, different uh, slant, same great content, hopefully, so just uh, <laughs> yeah, hope maybe maybe even better. I, love that. I don't know. <laughs> right, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. Anyway, just uh, uh, just a little programming note there. The their your feed won't change. Uh, it'll just change a name, and we'll go from episode forty four to episode one. Uh, but anyway, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a new uh, uh, direction, a new sort of uh, adventure for our uh, uh, educator-centered podcast. So uh, that's all I got to say. So thanks for being with us, Corey. We appreciate it. And uh, This Tom, was a great show. Thank you very yep, much. Thank you. <laughs> thanks, Corey, for joining us. Yeah, we really had a good time. It was, uh, it was very interesting. We had a great time as well. And uh, you're welcome to come back anytime. Thanks. So having been dubbed a great show and having congratulated each other all around, there's nothing else to say <laughs> except that on behalf of our friend Corey Knapp, my name is Mark Cockrell, and I am signing off. And Sean signing off. <laughs>